What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here from the Field of 68 with a brand new episode of the Top Dogs podcast. Going to be joined a little bit later by the head coach of the UConn Huskies, Dan Hurley. I'm dropping our interview from Big East Media Day. Uh, We spent two hours up there talking to every coach and players from almost every team um, during our our time up at Media Day, during our stream. You can find all of that in the link below. Uh, It's on the YouTube channel as well if you're interested in tapping in there. We were able to spend 15 minutes with Danny Hurley, and uh, I thought it was a pretty enlightening interview. We talked a little bit about Andre Jackson's health, the impact that Donovan Klingon can have with this program and what he is expecting out of specifically Jordan Hawkins and Alex Caravan. So you'll be able to hear all of that in a little bit. It'll be at the end of the interview. Uh, What I figured I could do here at the open was just talk a little bit about some of the scuttlebutt and some of the rumors and some of the conversations that you have at media day. Look, you're talking with coaches. You're talking with people that cover the league. You're talking with people uh, that cover college basketball nationally. You're talking with people that work for the Big East. You're talking with everybody that shows up for that event. Some of it's on the record, some of it's off the record, but it's a good chance to kind of get a feel and a pulse and a sense for what people are expecting out of this conference and out of some of these teams. So I'm just going to roll through some of the stuff that I found out first. Programming notes. Make sure that you subscribe to the Field of 68 Daily. It is our newsletter. It comes out every single morning. It'll be in your inbox at 8.30 a.m. Perfect to be able to drink uh, coffee and, and and read about college basketball and get caught up on everything going on with the sport. That link is in the description below. If you're interested in buying something from our merch store, that link will be in the below, uh, in the description below as well. And again, the Almanac, 1999, 600,000 words, 814 pages. We spoke to every single Division One head coach, uh, 1,300 words on every single Division One team in the program. So. Uh, yeah, there, there's plenty of stuff to get you ready for college basketball and that the link again in the description below all that stuff is down there. All right, uh, let's start with Creighton because for my money, I do think that Creighton is going to be the best team in the Big East this year. They were rightfully ranked as the preseason favorite in the conference. And there's a lot of reasons why I think that's the case. One of it is you have all of these sophomores coming back uh, that, that are going to take that sophomore leap. I think that what they can be defensively with the addition of Baylor Shireman opening things up offensively is what makes uh, Creighton really dangerous. And I, I just, I trust Greg McDermott. I think that he is a very, very, very good head coach. So when you combine what Ryan Nemhard, what Trey Alexander, what Arthur Kaluma can be in their second season in the program with the addition of a guy like Baylor Shireman, who is an elite offensive weapon, all of a sudden you can go four round one. You have three guys that can potentially be primary playmakers on the floor. You have shooting, you have the creativity, of uh, Greg McDermott's offensive sets to be able to scheme things for Baylor Shireman and scheme things for Arthur Kaluma and be able to get some of these guys such as it's just it's the perfect it's the perfect makeup of what you want a college basketball team to be three playmakers a couple guys that are switchable and a four-man that could step out and shoot and beat people off the dribble and a five-man that's going to erase everything at the rim if you get out and pressure on the perimeter but one thing I do want to note in talking with people in that building I've been on the bandwagon that I think that there's that Ryan Kalkbrenner uh, has a very real chance to develop into not only the Big East Player of the Year this season, the National Defensive Player of the Year this season, and one of the top five big men in the entire sport. But people around that program and people around the Big East, one thing you keep hearing, Trey Alexander, he might end up being the best player on that team this season, which is not something that I think a lot of people have expected. But I do think it's fair to say he's probably the best uh, pro prospect on that team. Just because, I mean, he's six foot four. We know what he is as a defender. And 
we saw what he could be as an offensive player when Ryan Nemhard went out last season. And, and I do think it's important to note that the success that Creighton had playing through injuries is going to end up paying last season is going to end up paying dividends for the program as a whole this season, because guys like Trey Alexander got thrown on the fire and we can see what they could be as point guards. So I, I I'm, I'm all in on Creighton. I think that they are, a top 10 team heading into the season. I think there's a very real chance that they can get to the final four. And they are a team that it would not surprise me if they found a way to really make a deep run in March this season and win the Big East regular season title. So uh, they're going to be really, really good. Um, as far as Villanova is concerned, you know, the injuries that they're dealing with, it's they're starting to add up, right? Cam Whitmore's got the broken thumb. Um, Justin Moore probably won't be back until early in Big East play, probably as a best case scenario, if you decide if he's able to make it back as all well. like, like an Achilles injury, when you rupture that thing, one, you don't want to rush people back. And two, it really saps a lot of your explosiveness and a lot of your um, athleticism uh, recovering from that. It's a very, I think it's the most serious injury that you can have that doesn't involve like a head or a neck or any internal organs. Um, so it, it'll be, it's a big ask to get him back and expect him to be the same guy that he was last year. Uh, Cam Whitmore, I think will be fine, but I mean, you're missing a lot of the preseason for, for a team that is reliant as reliant on concepts and as reliant on teaching people how to play as Villanova is to have Cam Whitmore miss as much of the preseason as he's going to miss with a new head coach that is expected to step into the void of a, a hall of famer that what a hall of famer and Jay Wright has left. Like that's, there, I, I think that we're underestimating just how difficult this transition can be for Villanova. Um, and, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that. Uh, I, I do think that it is fair to say that this is still a team that should be a tournament team. This is still a team that probably has enough experience where they can be a top 25 kind of program and compete at the top of the Big East um, just by the simple fact, you know, Caleb Daniels is back, Eric. Uh, Eric Dixon is back. Brendan Slater is back. Justin Moore is still around and will probably be back at some point. So I, 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 those guys kind of can coach themselves. You don't really have to worry about anything. It's just I, I think that we're underestimating the impact of not having Jay Wright, and I don't think that I'm alone in that. As far as Xavier is concerned, they were picked second in the preseason uh, Big East coaches poll, which was a little bit surprising. Um, I think that you can go uh, – Villanova, Xavier, UConn, in any order, two, three, four, and, and it's very difficult to uh, to argue with any of those. I'm not going to be the guy that tells you that you're wrong. It's going to be one of those situations where they're all basically the same, and whoever finds a way to win more close games is going to end up with a 14-6 and six record, and whoever finds a way to lose close games is going to end up 13-7 and seven or 12-8. and eight. It'll be like three possessions difference at the end of the day, uh, breaking up that, um, that group of three teams. But they're very clearly the second tier in the conference. What I will say is this. Uh, there's been – a lot of talk about the suspension of, of Zach Fremantle um, and kind of like the impact of, of losing a player, like losing a player like that to get suspended. Uh, I think that this is going to be a good thing for them long-term because um, one of two things is going to happen. Either Zach Fremantle is going to get in line and he's going to buy into what Sean Miller uh, wants them to do, wants him to do. He's going to be hundred percent in on the defensive end. He's not going to, um, what's the best way to phrase this? He's not going to throw his, he fits on the sideline. He's not going to, uh, he's not going to basically be what he was for the last three years, more or less. 
Um, so either you're going to have a great player, a guy that is good enough to be an all-conference Big East kind of a performer, or you're going to have that impact out of the program. And I do think that it's fair to say not holding him accountable is part of the reason why Xavier had the drop-offs that they did at the end of the season. Look, I love, I, I think Travis Steele is a good coach, and I think he's a really good guy, and I really like the human being. But I think part of the reason why they fell off at the end of the way, the, the end of the years that they did the last couple seasons had, had to do with the fact that he was not able to hold these guys accountable and able to get them to buy in for an entire season. And that's not absolutely not going to be the case with Shaw Miller. So uh, we've talked about the impact of Suli Boom. You know, I, I think everyone at this point is on the Des Claude and Cam Craft hype train. Sean has not been uh, very quiet about the fact that he's very ex- excited about coaching those two freshmen. Jack Nungy is obviously a very good player. There's a lot of talent around that program. Colby Jones is Colby Jones. This is the reason why he was the NIT, uh, NIT MVP when Xavier made the run to the NIT championship. So, uh, yeah, Xavier is going to be really, really good, and they have a really, really good head coach. So I, I'm not shocked at all that that a lot of people think that they could finish second in the Big East because I think it's a very real possibility, bottom line. Um, as far as UConn is concerned, one thing that I took away from this conversation with Hurley is just how much he is betting on Jordan Hawkins having a huge breakout season and Andre Jackson being a guy that that we all want Andre Jackson to be. And I don't know if I really want to go all the way down the, the wormhole there. I will say this, um, a lot of a lot of rival fans got very upset by my kind of tongue-in-cheek tweet saying that I think that uh, Jordan Hawkins is going to be like Tyrese Martin and going to be like James Booknight where he doesn't get named to a preseason all-Big East team and ends up having a massive breakout season. Okay, I get it. I was kind of joking around, but I think a lot of people took that as a little bit too serious. But I really do think that that Hawkins has a – as within his range of outcomes this season, the potential to be a first-team all-Big East performer. And I don't – I would not set that as a level of expectation – um, I think if he ends up being good enough to be in the conversation for a second team all big East, then he had the kind of year that we need him to have. Uh, but I think that, that, you know, there's a very, there's, there's a real world where he's averaging 17 points per game this season, um, especially with the way that, that it sounds like Hurley's going to end up using him. The last thing I want to know is when you watch this interview on YouTube, look at watch Hurley's face. When we bring up Alex caravan, watch the way that he reacts. And that should tell you everything you need to know about the impact this kid's going to have. I do want to make clear, I don't think Caravan is going to be a guy that ends up averaging like 17 points, four boards and four. Like he's not going to be this kind of impact one and done talent. He's going to be someone that comes in, averages eight, nine, 10 points, averages a couple rebounds, gets a couple assists, shoots 40 something percent from three, is always in the right spot, never turns the ball over, keeps the ball moving. He's exactly the kind of glue piece that brings everything together he's exactly the kind of role guy that can be that like big three small four switchable mismatch kind of a a a player um that i think every team every good team needs with the way that modern basketball is being played a couple other notes i just providence like bryce hopkins is going to be a stud okay just buckle up be prepared for the fact that you're going to have to deal with this dude that has a chance to be the biggest player of the year I, i don't think that that's overstating it he is exactly the kind of scoring combo forward that has a ton of success playing for ed cooley we've seen it with ladante henton uh we've seen it with guys like ben bentel and he is right up there in that range as good as those dudes and i think that uh i think that ed cooley is going to be able to get the best out of him um i also want to give a shout out to devin carter who showed up with just the best suit 
that that anybody had at Big East Media Day. He had the suit, he had on the nice shoes, he had on the 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 crisp white um, turtleneck underneath with this big old silver chain. The hair was flowing. He he, it, I, there were a lot of really well dressed players at Big East Media Day, and Devin Carter stole the show. So shout out to him. Um, that was uh, that was pretty impressive. Uh, as far as Butler is concerned, I think everyone kind of understands like the impact that these transfers are going to have for Butler, right? Whether it's Ali Ali, whether it's Manny Bates, whether it's Eric Hunter coming in from Purdue. Um, we all know the role that each of those guys are going to play and the reason why they were brought in. But I want to just in, in talking with some of the staff and talking with people that cover that team um, and in talking with Thad yesterday, the Simos Lukosius, I think is how you say it. I'm always going to butcher, butcher his name. And Jaden Taylor are going to be two really, really, really important pieces for them. If they can kind of, they have, they both had huge performances in different games. Like we saw Simos have his 27 points in the Garden in the Big East tournament, and Jaden Taylor had a couple games that were similar. Um, if they can kind of even out the valleys, right, where they're not having those huge games and then going two for 12 the next game, they're going to be really good, really consistent, really valuable wing pieces for this program and for this team. And I think, honestly, I think that people are kind of undervaluing Butler as we head into this season. I there is, There's real potential that this could be a top 25 team and this could be a team that finishes in the top four of the Big East. Even more than, you know, I, I, I would put them on the same level as Providence when it comes to having the potential to, to be a spoiler and be someone from not one of that, from not that top tier, that cracks into that top tier. Um, I, I think Marquette's going to be good as well. Uh, I, I do think that it's closer to them going from what people project as an NIT team to being an NCAA tournament team, but we're going to see five out from them or we're going to see a couple of their big guys really take a step forward. I think Cam Jones has a chance to be the breakout star in the conference. Uh, my, my colleague over on the DTF podcast, Terrence Oglesby has already predicted that Cam Jones is going to be the leading scorer in the conference, which I can see being something that happens. I mean, that dude is a bucket. Uh, to me, the issue is going to be the defensive end for Marquette. Will they be able to get enough stops? Will they be able to get enough turnovers uh, for a team that I don't think is going to be elite offensively? So that's going to be the thing to watch. But I do think that they they have the potential to be a tournament team. Same thing with Seton Hall. Um, it's just at this point, it's impossible to know what to expect out of them without knowing who's going to be healthy and when they're going to get healthy. Uh, they had basically six or seven guys for all of their practices over the summer. Kadari Richmond, I think, made was, was healthy for one practice. Alexis Yetna is still not healthy enough to practice. Those are two guys that are probably starters for this team. So that's that's difficult to to deal with if you are a new head coach heading into a new situation. We'll say this though: Alamir Dawes, their point guard, I think will will be very, very, very good for Shaheen and for Seton Hall and kind of uh, with, with what that program wants to be able to do. And Casey and Defo, the six, seven kid they got transferring in from St. Peter's is he, he is going to be an absolute difference maker on the defensive end of the floor. And he is just the epitome of uh, without to go without going full Rothstein. He is the epitome of a glue guy. And and I think that we're going to look up and he, I, there's a chance he ends up being defensive player of the year, the biggies. I think he's that good. Uh, and the Johnnies look, they're electric. They're also going to be infuriating at times. It, it, they, they are going to be the, the one of the most hot and cold teams, I think, in all of college basketball that, that we've seen in a very, very long time. And it's just that's kind of the nature of the beast when you are a pressing team, even more so when your two best players are probably going to end up being Andre Corbello and Posh Alexander. Uh, the X factor there to me is, is David Jones. 
the transfer from DePaul, if he can be a bucket getter and kind of fill the shoes left by whichever Champagne was at St. John's, I can never keep him track. I think it was Justin. Um, that'll be important. DePaul, it's kind of hard to know what to expect from them with so many new faces. Uh, I will say this. I think Caleb Murphy is a pro, and he's out for six weeks with, I believe it is a foot injury. Uh, or maybe he's going under uh, – maybe it's – I don't I, – I saw the alert come through. I don't have it in front of me. So, um, But I do think that Caleb Murphy, I mean, he's electric. He's fast. He's explosive. He's the guy that could be the difference maker for him, and they won't have him for the next six weeks. Um, and Georgetown, look, they're going to be a lot more talented than they were last year. The pieces are going to fit a lot better than they did last season. I think these transfers that uh, Patrick has coming in are going to be good. Um, and I think we're looking at a situation where they're like a a six or seven win team in the Big East, which is not great, but it is a lot better than being a zero win team in the Big East. And that's kind of how I feel about DePaul too. That's kind of how I feel about Mark. Like there's there's no easy games in this conference this year. There's no layups. There's no we're going on the road and you know this is going to be a win. So I, I do think that that's going to be good for the Big East as a whole because as we've seen with the Big Twelve, when you have when the worst team, when you're the worst team in your conference is a team that is like a top 60 team in Kempom, it raises the, the the computer numbers for everybody. And that's how you can get two, three, four teams that can get top four seeds. So it's a good thing for everyone involved to have good teams at every spot in this conference. It just means that there's going to be nights where you go on the road and you lose to DePaul and you go on the road and you lose to Georgetown. And I just want to get it out there. Please do not melt down when that happens. There's going to be situations where it does this season. That's just what the Big East is going to end up being this year. So without further ado, let's get into that interview with Danny Hurley. We're dropping our merch. We got to start calling Underwood Daddy Brad. I'm a big odd guy. Breaking news, the Field of 68 has an online store, and it's your one-stop shop for the latest and greatest merch in college basketball and college football. You can find shirts to support your favorite team, make fun of your rival team, or boast Field of 68 catchphrases like Daddy Brad, Cussing and Discussing, and the Star Heels. Go to www.fieldof68.shop today and enter promo code TOUCHDOWN for 20% off at checkout. We're live. Mike is hot. We're live. We're coming We're live. Ready to go. Come in right away. How we doing, Coach? I was looking to see if you had my roster. Got so many new guys right now. I don't know. No, no, I'm good. Right here. Here we go. Right here. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How we doing? Hey, Coach, right, we're hey, getting ready for it, baby. Phil, yes, yes. All right. All right. So, um, Adama Sanogo, preseason player of the year in the Big East. You know how I feel about that. Yeah. Right. Are you, is that last couple times, mm-hmm. UConn guys have not been, uh, made some of those preseason awards. They've had great seasons. Yeah. Now he's getting the credit. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Now you, you, I know you're a fan, right? The, the, <laughs> your, your fandom is, 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 is clicking. And I, I think he's the one guy you don't worry about. Yeah. You know, he's his own, uh, biggest critic. He's a kind of hurts him sometimes. Cause he's like truly a perfectionist. Um, his work ethic is like highest level and you know, he, uh, he beats himself up when he, when he underperforms and, and that's on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he, uh, 
I think he's going to sustain a great season this year. I think he's got a, a a team that suits him, especially at the offensive end, a lot better to give him space to operate. Uh, and then he's going to he's going to have a backup at his position that's going to allow him to be fresh in March. I won't have to play him 38, 39 yeah, I, minutes. I want I to ask you about Donovan. Yeah. So seven foot two, you lost thirty pounds, getting in shape a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was more like high two two nineties, mid two nineties, and I think now he's in maybe the high two fifties. You know, and and uh, hands, your hands. Go on one of those workouts, one of those diets, whatever, whatever he did. I need to do. Yeah, it. you saying you want to go through a hurly practice? God uh, bless can you. He make, you Terry, is he, can he make it through? Is he I, I think maybe the first, maybe the, the stretching, maybe the stretching. <laughs> you get through the stretching, that might be it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe right. Um, he's like a, a unique player. He's a tremendous, uh, like passer with great hands and great feel. You know, he, he's going to be really effective in the ball screen game offensively, you know, with, with a 7-2 guy rolling to the rim around some shooting and a, and a facilitating guard. He's a real factor. Obviously, right now, it's like ball screen defense. Like, how do we solve that puzzle for such a young player who's coming into college? Because where, where, uh, when he goes in the game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be ball screen left, ball screen right. Teams will just completely go away from their offense and just try to expose him in that area. So that's the biggest challenge right now. So with RJ Cole gone from last year. Wait, you and Terry are not on the same page. I mean, am I allowed to ask a UConn question? (laughs) No, no, hold on. I got got another What are we doing there? Okay. He teed it up. He teed it up. So RJ Cole's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, First team all-conference guy last year. He was the guy at the end of games that you kind of put the ball in his hand and say, make something happen. We saw against Villanova, right? Game win a shot. Bring in Tristan Newton, Andre Jackson, Broke his was his pinky. Broke, yeah, broke, broke something. Pinky. Broke something out for a while. How are you going to replace that? How do you how do you change or how do you fill that void? Because what RJ did, I think, is yeah. If you didn't watch all of UConn's games, like I did, of course, um, you know, I don't think people really appreciated what he provided that team. Yeah, well, um, we didn't have a great record in close games, so like that necessarily <laughs> did, that didn't work great, right? So, um, you know, I just think that, that you know this this group is. Um, Obviously, on the perimeter, you lose Tyrese and you lose RJ, which were two really, really productive players. Now, I'm betting heavy that Andre Jackson, when he's healthy, and Jordan Hawkins um, can can have a have a, the same type of impact, even if the production isn't quite what RJ and, and Tyrese, Tyrese did, because I feel like we're going to get so much more scoring production from our fourth starter, our fifth starter, and are six through nine or 10 on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, it's night and day in terms of the scoring that we could get at these other positions. So, yeah, I mean, we, we need Andre and Jordan to replace more of the impact, the playmaking, the athleticism, the, um, the, the that Tyrese and RJ had. But, but we're going to get a lot more scoring at four through 10 than we had last year, and it won't even be close. It'll be night and day. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Uh, I want to d- dive into Jordan Hawkins a little bit. I mean, silky smooth on the perimeter. You ran a lot of things to RJ. Obviously, you alluded to having to replace a lot of those things. Uh, what does he bring to you this year? What What was his focus in the offseason? And uh, is he going to have the year that a lot of us expect he's going to have? Yeah, uh, I, I just think from an offensive standpoint, you know, last year, RJ, high usage rate and um, – you know, played in the ball screen a ton, and it was a huge part of our attack because um, he was our primary guy in the perimeter. I think Jordan is going to be our primary perimeter scoring, and again, he's going to have a, a lot of support behind him. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a beautiful catch and shoot player. He's a great cutter. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a pretty athletic player and, and, and he's got a, a self-belief and a self-confidence. He's put on 15 pounds of muscle. He's one of the most beautiful shooters that, that we've had in a Yukon uniform in a while. And, you know, I've, I'm betting heavy on that, that, that sophomore year bump, that second year bump that there's going to be a lot more nights for him, like Auburn and Atlantis. And listen, in the, probably the first third of the year, we, we were probably playing Jordan because I didn't, I didn't want him to go in the portal at the end of the year. <laughs> right. The, 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 the last right. two thirds of the season, I was playing him a lot. He was playing 18, 20 minutes a game because we were better when he was in the game. Mm-hmm. And when he got knocked out of the Big East tournament, the NCAA tournament, that legitimately hurt us a lot because he had become a reliable, really good player. I think he's, I think he could play his way into a, to be in a first round pick at the end of this year. I agree with that. I was at that Auburn UConn game in the Bahamas. That was an unreal basketball game. Yeah. Unbelievable basketball game. Uh, you talked about scoring four through 10. Nahim Aligne, I mean, he, sporadic at times, yeah. but when he's hitting shots, I mean, he brings a different element to you off the bench. Yeah, good player. Um, really good player. He becomes. You knew he had to ask about the That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. So you can the ask the rest of the questions if you want to. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> that's all we have too right um i don't think we have any other guy yeah no he's he'll be good for us uh really good obviously with andre out puts you in a position where, where you're you're not losing as much sleep because we did bring in some veteran transfer players mm-hmm. but he uh he's, he's a two-way player he's physical you know, he's more athletic than than i think you know he, he he's kind of looked i think from a defensive standpoint we get after people a little bit more so he may flash a little bit more at that end of the court he's a little bit better with the ball i think than he's shown and um you know i think he's going to be a solid double figure score for us this year alex caravan last Mm. guy that i want to ask you about freshman (laughs) coming in he uh he redshirted second semester last year yeah there's there's been some buzz the guy can shoot it right he can play a lot of different positions he he fills fills a role and checks a box that i think every team needs yeah i'm smiling uh, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Listen, in recruiting or whatever projection you have going into a year, right? It's like uh, some players are, you know, what you thought they'd be. Some, some are slightly underwhelming or worse, right? And mm-hmm. then some players, you're like you're seeing where they're at at a point in their career, and you say like, like I really believe in what this guy's gonna could become here. I think he he's going to be a great player over the course of his career with us. Um, you know, he's put himself in a position where he's got a real chance to start at the four. Uh, the questions he's going to have to answer is, you know, you got to be tough enough for us on the defensive glass, right? You've got to be able to defend well enough so that you're, you're not killing us at that end. But he's going to, he can help us so much at the offensive end. The guy knows how to play. Uh, he, he's a lights out shooter. He can really pass. And he's just going to open up the court for these two centers when we have him playing the four. That's what you need, those shooters to pull everybody out of the lane. What do you got? To it's you? the only reason I was good for anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, thought, we alluded to Tristan Newton. I thought Hassan Diara. I, I thought that was a sneaky little pickup there. He wasn't yeah. a huge producer at Texas A&M, but he's a mentality guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's a toughness kid. He fits kind of what you're about. He fits what we're about, and he fits the Big East. Yeah, bingo. Uh, probably bingo. fits the Big East better than – you know, better than the SEC, uh, and and he was he played really well late in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we went back and started watching his synergy when he went to Portal, you know that was a big deal. And yeah, it, listen, for for Tristan or for Hassan, you know, the, the, 
to replace a first team all conference player who, who, who absolutely squeezed the lemon on his senior year in terms of how well he played to expect one of those guys to be as good as RJ was, is, is not realistic, right? But the combination at both at that position could potentially give us more or as much as we got out of that position last year in terms of the starter and maybe, you know, the backup. So, uh, yeah. The thing I like about that combo is that they can both kind of play on the ball. They can both be guys that play off the ball. They can go both kind of facilitate. They can also both go score if you need them to go get a bucket, right? Yeah. Tristan can shoot it and space the floor a little bit. So no doubt. it gives you a little bit more versatility in terms of how you can play. It does. And, and I think uh, – you know, when Andre is back and healthy, I, it was important to us that we you know, obviously had guys that were comfortable uh, as primary handlers at the end of games, right? To be able to put, you know, a Tristan and Hassan on the court together at the end of a game, uh, to not turn the ball over, to make good decisions and make free throws. But we really envisioned this team, you know, Andre Jackson uh, taking it off the defensive glass doing what he does in transition where he blasts it and just creates all types of opportunities at the three-point line. As long as he's not throwing it into the ninth row, right? Yeah. I mean, that's high too. I mean, it's hard to miss by that much, but really I think the upside of this team is to have, you know, three shooter scorers around Andre uh, like in a, in a flat ball screen by, you know, with, with the preseason player of the year and the seven mm-hmm. foot two, you know, center who we're really high on and, and letting Andre create, I think the upside of, of having bigger guards with, with, with a lot of shooting scoring uh, around potentially a dominant center with a, with a really good backup uh, is really exciting. And what, is there any update on the time frame for him? Will he be back by PK eight? Is that kind of the best case scenario? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm uh, yesterday I was uh, on the ride into the city. I was, checking back in with the hand guy because we had a really uh, a really bad practice. I was going to use the S word. So we were bad yesterday. So then in practice, so I immediately called the surgeon <laughs> to find <laughs> Wait, like, was it six weeks or five weeks? I, I, I think towards the, uh, the last game or two going into PK85, he's got a shot to be out there. Uh, just because it's, he's going to be doing a lot of cardio. He's going to be moving around a lot more in the next five, six days. And he's such a unique player. And I, and I do think we're going to really turn him loose this year and yeah. let him just fly around the court and, 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 make, and make all types of plays and really unleash him this yeah, year. I can't wait. he'll be able to keep him in shape if it's a broken hand as opposed to a broken foot, right? Yeah, no he's doubt. He's going to be able to keep going. And underrated the way he closed the season. Yeah. You know, I, I think you look at his assist to turnover uh, like the last seven or eight games. He really reeled it in. Um, it's when he compounds the mistakes mm-hmm. that we have to stop the game and get him out. Um, but, but hopefully his growth as a player and um, what he did the last several games will, 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 will bleed into the season. Well, listen, I appreciate the time. I hope uh, you have all over the locker room. Jordan Hawkins was not on the, the preseason All Big East team. Yeah, right? I needle have- people. I needle them on that. Yeah, so Tyrese Martin wasn't preseason first team All Big East, became the only player drafted last season, right? James Booknight wasn't preseason first team All Big East, became a lottery pick. Jordan Hawkins, next one there, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think him and Andre, you know, listen, we have the we have the best player in the league returning, and I'm betting heavy that those other two guys are all conference level players. If that plays out, uh, then we just we just had a great year. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Yes. Coach. All right, fellas. Appreciate you so much. Great to see you as always. All right, fellas. You can just roll out. There's nothing fancy here. This is how we do it. (laughs) Chuck the deuces and get out of here. I like it. (laughs) 